the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Worldview Media Podcast. Birthday edition. Birthday edition. <laughs> <laughs> it is the half century uh, commemoration. <laughs> I didn't think we needed to go into that much detail. <laughs> <coughs> half a century on the planet for Mama Joyce. Just following your lead. <laughs> you caught up to me now, though. <laughs> Alright, so we are coming to you live from a tipped-over grain silo across <sighs> the Mexican border Dang. to talk about the movie <clears throat> Logan. Well, this is a little bit different as far as uh, X-Men movies, I think. Because they were in Mexico? <laughs> Well, no, they decided to take a little bit of a turn and go more adulting, I oh, guess. Yeah, it was. It was a rated R movie, so yeah. I think they took advantage of that and made a lot of things Yeah. kind of on the R level. But this wasn't, <clears throat> this wasn't the Wolverine movie that features naked Wolverine butt, though. That was on the last movie. The last Wolverine movie. Right? Uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Days of Future Past. He, Was that the last one? Uh, that had Wolverine in it, I think. I thought he was in one with the younger kids. Oh, in Apocalypse? Yeah. Oh, I get it mixed up. I guess I don't remember him very much in Apocalypse. I thought he was there because he was the only one of the original crew who was in that movie. Okay. Well, that might be right. <clears throat> but there was no nakedness. No Wolverine butt in <laughs> Logan. <laughs> no anybody's butt. But it, didn't it earn a, uh, like, was it rated R? It was R. And I think that was for the violence. Right. So the action sequences. And probably language. Okay. Yeah, language was bad. <clears throat> Well, they sure did have blood flying everywhere. They did. In the action sequences. It was pretty graphic. Right. It was almost more like an episode of Vikings or <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones or something. Yeah. There was a lot of limbs hacked off and blood spurting and mm. flying everywhere. Yeah, there was. <clears throat> okay, so what do you think about this movie? It had a different feel to it than the other X-Men movies have had in that we see our um, our superheroes not being in such super shape. <laughs> and so there's, um, there's kind of a disconnect as to well, what's going on, why are they doing these things, where is everybody? Right. And I don't know if that really ever got answered. No, that was kind of one of the issues I was going to bring up. I didn't. I thought there was maybe a deficiency in the storytelling because 
they said some things without really explaining them. And I yeah. don't know if they expect you to know, like, a story from the comic books that isn't in the movie. Yeah, or, and we're not up to speed no, that much in that no. world to <laughs> right. just be privy to that information. But one of the things that <laughs> was getting me is apparently, I think they mentioned at some point that mutants weren't really being born as much anymore. Did you yeah. hear something like that? And there was no explanation about why that would be. Did somebody do something nefarious to yeah. make sure that there would be no new mutants? Or And then the other issue that I had, and it was maybe answered vaguely. I didn't know what in the world was ever going on with Wolverine. You know, he's been pretty much immortal. Mm-hmm. He's been alive for hundreds of years. And yeah, and he's starting to look haggard now. And now he's old. I know there is a comic book story storyline that's called Old Man Logan, and I kind of wonder if this isn't that. Oh. where Wolverine does grow old in the comic books, and I kind of wonder, are they connected? But it uh, wasn't really explained in the movie. What I got was that maybe the the adamantium in Wolverine's skeleton was somehow poisoning him or mm-hmm. had been poisoning him all this time, and and now it's affected his regeneration and some and of his other And even how well he can use the adamantium. And, yeah. Yeah. And now he's going to die. He's being poisoned from inside. And his yeah. his regeneration doesn't work like it used to. And you can't heal him. Yeah. But I'm not sure that makes sense to me. If you've got this sort of regeneration that, you know, you can't even really get drunk because whatever damage the alcohol is doing to your liver and your brain, your body is regenerating all the time and healing it. And yeah. so... I know Wolverine drinks a lot, but I don't think he can get drunk just because of his regeneration. But he can apparently be slowly poisoned over time with this heavy metal poisoning or something. From Yeah, they weren't really clear on all of that, but definitely he wasn't. He's not the same character we've seen in other movies. Right, right. And yeah, so he's a lot more dark and... Right. Um, so let's go over the story. See if we agree what it was. It's set in almost a. <laughs> it's set in almost a dark future as far as the mutants go. Mm-hmm. Professor X is still alive because they changed the timeline before. Yeah. Because there was an X Men movie where Phoenix killed him, mm-hmm. and now he's back and he's alive, but he's very old and he's got something like dementia or mm-hmm. Alzheimer's or something. Only when he gets it and has a bout with it, his Everyone brain suffers. destroys yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. And so it's very dangerous for him to not be in control of his brain. Let's see. So Wolverine has Professor X hidden in Mexico mm-hmm. in a turned-over grain silo, and they're just keeping him doped up so he doesn't hurt anybody. Pretty much. Kind of waiting for right. him to die. Yeah, I hadn't really progressed it out that far, but probably so. Yeah, and then, so Wolverine makes contact, kind of accidentally on his part, but he makes contact with a woman who needs his help and wants him to help her get her and her, well, he thinks it's probably her daughter at the time, to a safe place where they can be helped. 
she gets killed before he can help them and so he's kind of stuck with the little girl doesn't want to be but he kind of is yeah. and eventually he finds out that the DNA or at least some of the DNA in the girl is from him mm -hmm. she's like a clone but she can't really be a clone if yeah she's, she's not a clone I, I kind of see them there's a bunch of children it's not just her yeah, she's the right. the main part in this just because of her connection to Logan but that they had DNA samples and I don't know if it was like the striker people right and probably got women and oh and combined DNAs. yeah yeah that kind of remind me of the the evil lab in stranger things Mm, yeah. And so there's an evil lab that is mm -hmm. creating mutants. Mutants aren't being born, but the lab is creating them and trying to train them to be like their own army or whatever. Yeah. And they're brutal to them and, and mean. And they're all kids. Yeah. So, you know, they're not... Uh, of course, there are some people there that are working with them and kind of connect with them as yeah. as people, and they get in trouble for saying, we don't celebrate birthdays, we don't... Right. So the nurses in the lab who are dealing with the children all the time and taking care of them, they, or at least some of them, decide to try to get the children out. And, mm -hmm. and so now there's this big hullabaloo where the, the children have escaped and, and the lab apparently hires mercenaries to go and figure things out and find them. And I well, think I th these were a bunch of guys that were like... Uh, army veterans who mm. lost limbs and then the limbs get replaced with bionic parts or something like that. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Okay, so Logan gets involved in it and he begins to feel some kind of personal responsibility. It seems to me, we can talk about it later, but he begins to feel some attachment to the girl and the girl has all his powers, but it seems like maybe she's got even more of what he's ever had. Because she can jump long distances and stuff. Well, I think it's just a real vivid contrast between where he is now. And he may have been able to do that at one point. Yeah, I guess. But he can't do that anymore. Yeah, he's about 60% of what we've ever seen him yeah. being. And and so the girl is all full of energy energy, and, and she's really vicious. And... Uh, How'd she get adamantium? Did they? I guess they must have done the same procedure with her or something. And she's got like an adamantium claw in her feet too, right? I think so. Yeah. And so she's a vicious little thing, and, and Logan's trying to deal with her as he tries to get her <laughs> to this place. Eventually they meet up with the kid mutants, and the bad guys all arrive there at the same time. And one of the bad guys turns out to be, is it a clone of Logan? Like a yeah. full-on clone? And yeah. So he's 100% of what Logan never was. And yeah. an old man Logan, he's, you know, he's struggling mm. along and having to fight this guy that's, you know, in way better shape than he is and all that. And the mutants and Logan wind up winning the day. Logan kind of gives himself up to save the mutants mm -hmm. and all is well at the end. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so one of the storytelling issues I had was, like we mentioned, where I think there were some things that were fairly major departures from other uh, Wolverine-involved movies. Uh, 
that they didn't explain very well. And then I felt like at the end, a lot of the way things worked out was predictable from a long way off. Uh, you knew that the cloned Logan was going to have to be killed with the one at adamantium bullet that they had. Well, you didn't say talk about that, but yeah. Well, there's the one bullet, and there's no clone at the time. The clone shows up later. And then you say, oh, well, this is how we get rid of it. Did he show up later? I yeah, think, he showed up later. I think that Logan showed his quote-unquote daughter, showed, him the, showed her the gun with the bullet when they were at the safe place up on top of the mountain. Isn't that right? And that would have been after. She saw it somewhere. Hmm. I don't remember I was pretty where. sure it was after. But... He doesn't show up until they're getting the kids. And he showed up at, the, up at that oh, farm at the before. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you knew the kids were going to have to kind of band together to use their mutant powers yeah. to help. And so a lot of that was fairly predictable. And even the bit about Logan kind of giving himself up, knowing that he's dying anyway or something like that, that was kind of predictable as well. What did you like about the movie? Anything? Uh, it was interesting to see Logan trying to deal with a kid <laughs> in some sort of father figure way. And I think another interesting thing was um, with Charles Xavier and seeing how he was having to deal with his disease and knowing that he was in decline. Yeah. I think there was some issues with that and and just the trust with okay, let me let me be me for just a little while so that I can do these things that need oh, to be yeah. done. Uh -huh. And uh it's surprising for me that Charles and Wolverine are the two that wind up together. <laughs> because um you know, Wolverine has always wanted to be by himself and on his own and not have to care about anybody and Yet here he is responsible for, for Charles. Right. And so um, that was an interesting dynamic, and it was a different, um, a different sort of movie. Like I say, I think it was a lot darker. Yeah. And um, but still, and it's probably just because I have the other X Men movies. <laughs> you know, I even have the one that's not so good when they're in Japan or what oh right right yeah so <laughs> you bought so, that one shame on don't you don't tell my husband shame on you <laughs> <laughs> well you're not buying this one <laughs> <laughs> well but you don't know <laughs> but still there were I think there were some good pieces in it it's probably it probably wouldn't be my go to yeah. you know X-Men yeah. movie but just the the progression of the characters and then of course as an audience dealing with the idea of superheroes getting old. Yeah. You know, we never have that presented to us in any of our right. movies. They're always yeah. in their prime, they're fine. Maybe they have a couple of issues or they get sick or but you know, we never see them age. Right. And so I thought that was an interesting take for them yeah. to do with this to go past the prime and everybody's so focused on the prime, but prime is a short period of time <laughs> yeah. and then you have the rest and so I thought that was kind of maybe kind of brave to oh. to look at some things from a different perspective 
Yeah, interesting. Well, I think for me, the best parts of the movie, I enjoyed the action sequences. <laughs> you know, they were a bit uh, over the top at times. <laughs> and, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. And, uh, and I think the best thing about the movie is the performance by Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Mm -hmm. I thought the acting job that he did was really just top notch. Yeah. And pretty much everything he does is like that. You yeah. Know? And uh, he's just good at what he does, you know. And I'm glad that this top notch actor who could do anything decided a long time ago, yeah, I'll be Professor X <laughs> for this <laughs> franchise. Yeah. And uh, he's always done really well. And, well, he, he brings a lot of character to the character. Yeah, and the just acting as a as an older guy that's obviously got issues and mm -hmm. everything's not right. You could kind of, I felt like you could almost just see it in his face and the way he said things that on the one hand, he's still him and he's there. And on the other hand, he knows he's not. And Yeah. So I, I just thought it was really fantastic acting job there and so let's see we should probably take our break oh okay so we'll be back in just a bit <laughs> the reconstructionist radio podcast network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. And we're back. Worldview Media Podcast, part of the Reconstructionist Radio Network. Your. Your one-stop shop <laughs> for all your audio dominionizing needs. <laughs> That's not the way I'm supposed to say it. It's not audio dominionizing. <laughs> it's one-stop audio shop. <laughs> You shouldn't just audio dominionize. <laughs> <laughs> In real life, you should do <laughs> dominionizing. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, blew that, and here we are. Well, that's how you know this is live. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard podcasting from a turned-over silo. Uh, let's see. We need to talk some about worldview issues. And of course, the whole X-Men franchise has always been very heavy on evolutionary theory. And mm -hmm. there's, some of that, uh, there's some of that in at least the background of this. But 
again, I felt like there were some inconsistencies in that they've built up this storyline that mutants are the next evolutionary step of humans, but here in this story, there are apparently no more mutants being born, and and that's not explained. Naturally. Right, that's not explained. Uh, so that was kind of different, but I felt like the really interesting issue for me involved these kids and how they came about and Logan's relationship with the girl. Do you remember what her name was? I don't either. I don't. Well, so anyway, if I understand it right, here's Logan and here's this girl and he finds out that his DNA has been used to create her artificially. Mm-hmm. And he, from that point, has a growing sense of, like, fatherly responsibility toward her. Yeah. And that, to me, that that's a question that I would kind of like to explore, because it also then comes with the cloned Logan, who shows up, and at least the way they portray him, he's almost just nearly a robot. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he... It's kind of devoid. All of, he needs is a command, and yeah. he's going to go out and do these There's things. There's no moral and, compass of his own in there. Right. Yeah. And then with the mm. other kids that are created on purpose using, you know, stolen DNA or whatever, to me, then the worldview issue is... And I think we're going we're gonna to run up against it. We kind of already are in the world. What are we going to do when labs start actually making people with DNA that didn't come to be theirs naturally. I mean, I was seeing on Facebook there's an article, a video of a lab that has constructed a completely artificial womb that they're growing like cattle in. Mm -hmm. So you've got this baby cow inside a, like a kind of an opaque plastic bag filled with amniotic fluid or artificial amniotic fluid and so it's a womb and they're growing this baby cow mm -hmm. completely apart from a mama cow and just the way depraved men are you know if they're doing that now eventually they'll be they'll growing want to, people yeah. and they'll want to expand their studies right and they're allowed to clone animals in certain places and I don't believe human cloning is legal anywhere. Maybe it is in some other country or something, but you, you got to know somebody's already working on that or trying to do it if they haven't already. And, and so the worldview issue that I find interesting is what do you do with people who don't have moms and dads and were created artificially? I think that's going to be a question that we run into. And my answer, trying to think biblically about it, is that we have examples in both testaments of people who came to be without having moms and dads. You know, and Adam and Eve were created without parents, mm -hmm. and they were real people created in the image of God. Yeah. And and then in the New Testament, of course, you have Christ who didn't have a human father. And so both those examples represent people created in the image of God, fully human, not lacking in anything as far as humanity goes. But they weren't 
they didn't come about the a normal traditional way. Means, yeah. And I just think we're going to run into that. My my thought is, and I don't think this is even very much of a hot take or anything. My thought is that if you have if you have doctors growing people in the lab, their assumption is going to be that they're somewhat less than people and that they're property and can be dealt with as property. And I think that our ethics kind of need to get out in front of that and say there's no such thing as a no such thing as a almost human yeah. or a mostly well, human. And I'd agree with you on that, but until we we can eliminate, abolish abortion, I believe is the phrase. We already have those types of things happening to how many children just because right. nobody can see them. We can do whatever we want. Sure, to sure. And, and so, you know, that's very much an ethical issue, a moral issue. And until we can address that with children that are being created in the normal means, right. you know. Even they're not counted as human. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, and I just think it's going to get worse if if God doesn't grant us victory on that issue and if we're not able to uh, change the way the culture thinks about babies. Yeah. I think we're going to run into that. I do think that's connected then with the morality that we see in Logan or the moral questions. Okay, so Logan sees himself responsible somehow for the girl and more than just she doesn't have anybody else, but she's like me. She's got my DNA. Well, first, I think he just says, wait, this kid is like me. <laughs> right. And I think there's a lot of questions with him, like, well, what? how did this happen? Right. And he finds out later, after the the woman who's supposed to be the mom is dead, and he you yeah, know, yeah. reads, you yeah. know, I am really was her nurse in this facility, and has her file and it's very specifically spelled out on the file that it's his DNA. Right. So what I'm asking is, do you think it's right for him to kind of feel fatherly toward her because of the DNA connection? I don't know if it's feeling fatherly. You know, I've never felt fatherly for anybody. But I think maybe that he feels more of a responsibility or a duty, a moral obligation. Because of the DNA is his duty to her to everybody around her do you think i mean when you say he feels a moral obligation because he knows what she can do and and what her dna enables so who's everybody duty? around her because everybody around her right now is just him and well Charles. anybody that she might run into <clears throat> she was about to kill that guy in the convenience store just for not letting her take everything that she wanted and stuff and I think it's really about her because that was wrong for her to do that and yeah. you have to remember again she's not been in any social setting yeah, she's right. not been in well I guess what I'm asking is is the DNA connection enough to make you have some kind of responsibility if I'm going to answer honestly yeah I'm going to say no because you yeah. look in our society and there are many fathers who have <laughs> DNA floating around and could care yeah, but less they, about Yeah, but they're it. actually fathers, though, right? Or are you talking about somebody who's donated to a sperm bank or something? Or? No, I'm talking about people that have had relationships <laughs> with women who then have children and they go off with other women. <laughs> yeah, but they're actually parents, though, in a, in a traditional sense. And so they do have that 
connection. I'm saying if somebody showed up with a 12-year-old girl at your door saying, yeah, a blood sample we took from you all this time ago, we used it to create this girl, would you feel like you were in some way her mom at that point? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense to you? No, but I'm saying that there are real dads, air quotes, <laughs> yeah, right. that have DNA in children around them everywhere, and they don't behave in any fatherly way towards those children, even though it's a traditional means that, yes, they're dads. and Yeah, but wouldn't we all say they... Even though they don't behave that way, they do have a responsibility to. Those are their kids, and and they should be dads to those kids, right? Well, we say that, but we don't do anything to to ensure it. Oh well, yeah, but you would say that's right, though. The responsibility really is there, even if they're shirking all their responsibilities. Well, yeah, it should be there. Okay, so if the DNA got in the child by some other means. Is it still there? That's what I think the puzzle is a little bit that's had me thinking about it. And I'm not sure that just the DNA, without any any kind of conscious action on the part of the adult person, I'm not sure the DNA is enough to connect you morally to that child. You know, I, I don't think the DNA is, is the be-all, end-all of a relationship in the to a child because there are so many people sure. who adopt right, right. who foster kids who really care about the kids that they have even though they're not theirs biologically right. so some of that to me is just that you're concerned about the future the future of this child and you want to help them right in the case of adoption you're kind of talking more in terms of covenant than than biology which is maybe how we should be thinking about it does your DNA being in a child by some manner other than, you know, uh, uh, normal, does that automatically bind you covenantally? And right now I'm thinking no, but I don't know. I haven't heard very many people talk about that. <laughs> well, it's an odd topic. <laughs> right, it is, but this is where we're going. <laughs> this is where we're going. And what, it, what happens when they can, in fact, move your brain to the body of an android or something like that and, and keep you going? You know, now what are you? <laughs> I think, you know, science is amazing, and the things that can happen in science are all regulated and controlled by God, yeah. period. Yeah. There's so many things we can't duplicate that we can't replicate, but we see and we say, oh, if we could tweak this or do that, then we could do this. and. <laughs> And I really, you know, God's sovereign, and He will allow what He will allow, period. Right, right. So will there ever be a human brain in an android or on a computer? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to probably say no. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think there will. <laughs> I think there will. Okay, uh, let's see. Any other thoughts on Logan or any kind of worldview things come to your mind? Themes or anything like that? If there was a theme to um, Logan, what do you think it was? Does it have to do with like passing on from one generation to another? Yeah, maybe so. 
and I think that's kind of just good for the series. Yeah. Because Logan, although in very good shape, is going to be an older man. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> He's not a superhero. He really is getting old. <laughs> yeah. And especially with um, Charles. Charles. You know, just to see them. Yeah, he's an old guy now. Yeah. yeah, you know. And movies capture a specific time, and we tend to remember that specific time, but time continues and goes on for those people. So uh, I think it was a nice way to have closure for those characters. Right. And um, we'll see what the franchise holds for everybody else. But I thought when they were at the farmhouse and the clone Logan came up yeah. and was killing everybody and going crazy yeah and then the real logan came in and saw the devastation and yeah you know that that little bit of time he had with charles to say it wasn't me it wasn't me <laughs> that he really i think that relationship between him and charles was just really interesting because logan really did care about him even though he was a burden and i think charles knew he was a burden and yet yeah. logan wanted to take care of him and so there was just a lot of stuff wrapped up into that yeah. for him to want to say, you know, that wasn't... Right. right. I wouldn't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he did know that. There was another issue with the clones. I think I've seen in several science fiction movies and things that have kind of touched on the topic. I've seen a recurring idea, so, and, and I don't remember where, but I think I've seen it actually explicit somewhere that... that uh, clones are born basically without a soul there's something less than fully human about them and although that wasn't said in this movie you could almost see that that's what they were trying to portray with the, the other logan yeah cloned logan had no real you know personal thought he was just obeying orders and you know you aim him in a direction and he'll yeah. go kill whatever's there and so I think that's something that we'll need to discuss and think about. But for me right now, it's not how you become a human that means you've been created in the image of God. It's the fact of your humanity that means that. And if science finds ways to bring human beings about, <laughs> we're still going to need to treat them like our neighbors created yeah. in the image of God. All right, so pretty interesting. You got anything else? I don't have any cake. You got no cake? <laughs> <laughs> On your birthday, you got no cake? Got no cake. <laughs> <laughs> you do have wine, though, so we'll be all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me give a shout-out to Jordan. Hey, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan, thanks for listening. <laughs> she, she was the one who saw Logan first, and she was like, it's really violent. <laughs> right. But she enjoyed it as well, I think. So. Okay. So I hope we did it well. She's been desensitized by Vikings. And really, stuff like that. I know. Golly. She used to be so delicate. <laughs> but she would wield an axe now if she could. <laughs> now she's just got this like constant bloodlust. I don't know what it is. She's uh, so violent. So violent. Don't be so violent, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we will see y'all later next time. Later next time. Next time later. Until then, go out and dominionize for the sake of Christ. Amen. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks.